Hi, Alejandro. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me back. Yeah, and um, what I did, I, I took a look, a brief look at the JPOS. I was just interested what it is, and uh, it sounds like it's it's huge. So it was um, downloaded a million times. It is used by MasterCard and many companies. And um, we already briefly talked how it started. But uh, what's your architectural idea? So um, if you started to work, you know, uh, or to start to working on JPOS, what was the most important thing from the from the beginning? Um, why am, I mean, as an example, so in some projects, you know, the architects uh, are proud of modularization, decoupling and uh, replaceability of implementation. So what was your goal or vision for JPOS? Well, um, actually, the, the most uh, important thing that we tried to, to solve is to being able to, uh, uh, to handle large loads and uh, being able to make changes on the fly with a system uh, working uh, 7 slash 24. Because when you are running on, on a card issuer or a card acquirer, uh, you can't afford to, to be one minute down. Uh, and, and sometimes you need to make changes on the fly. So mm -hmm. the whole uh, JPOS architecture uh, and the, the Q2 uh, uh, JMX microkernel that, that we use uh, is intended to be able to uh, start and stop new, uh, new servers and new clients uh, on the fly and make changes uh, on, the, on the fly. Another thing that we need to deal with is the uh, uh, heavy load in uh, system, remote system failures. Uh, because you you have systems connected to one thousand different uh, networks, and when one one ne network is down, um, you need to be able to uh, move that load to another system without affecting the rest of the system. Um, think of uh, uh, circuit breaking uh, twenty years ago. We had that kind. Of, we had to to solve that kind of uh, of things that uh, right now I, I are probably better solved by 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 new uh, uh, systems, but we had to solve those 20 years ago in order to, to deal with that, that kind of uh, load. Mm -hmm. And Okay, so now we should clarify where JPOS is usual, usually running. So on what CPUs, machines, operating systems, or, or, or where it is deployed? Everywhere. We have systems running in mainframes, uh, systems running in uh, uh, Sun, Solaris, all, all systems, that, that kind of uh, minis. But most of the time it's running on, on, on Linux. And uh, we have also systems running in, in Windows. It depends on, on, the, on, the, on, on, on the customer. Uh, JPOS is used uh, in all steps of the uh, POS and ATM transactions. So we have... Uh, for example, there are uh, 20,000 ATMs in Brazil running JPOS inside the ATM. But then the server uh, handles that, uh, that load uh, and they use a mainframe for, for, for that. Uh, but uh, JPOS runs on, on, on POS devices. JPOS runs on the large merchants uh, that have to acquire uh, POS uh, credit card and debit card transactions, and also in acquirers and card issuers. Uh, so it's depending on the, on the system, um, yeah, it's, it's the architecture they, they use. So you are providing both. So you're providing the server and the client, right? Yes, the server, the client, the multiplexers, and, and the load balancers. And, and then on top of that, because JPOS is an implementation of the ISO 8583 standard. We are now working in the ISO 2022 standard. That's the core of the, of the system. But on top of that, we have to implement uh, systems using business logic. For example, uh, we, we have to implement, um, imagine a, a debit card or a credit card. You have to uh, deal with the balances of the cardholders, and you need to deal with uh, velocity checks and, and business logics and 
uh, and fees and things like that. So we, we built those components uh, in what we call JPOS EE, JPOS Extended Edition. And it's, it's, a, it's also an open source project. And it's a set of reusable modules that you can combine in order to build a payment platform. Uh, can be issuer or acquirer. Mm -hmm. So we build so, a lot of um, stuff. So, so what you really implemented in Java is backend, load balancer, then the clients, and what is a multiplexer? Well, uh, when imagine you have a um, imagine you, you are a merchant and you have branches, uh, and mm -hmm. all the branches have uh, terminals. Uh, or, mm -hmm. or the, the cache registers. So the cache registers connect with the, the server that connect to the, your central server and your central server connect to Visa, MasterCard, American Express, uh, Discover uh, X. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, in, in the ISO 8583 world, uh, you usually establish uh, long, uh, long light uh, socket connections that you need to keep alive. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not like HTTP that you connect uh, and and you have one request per 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 socket connection. Uh, eventually, you can keep alive the HTTP. But this is a very old protocol uh, built in the eighties and intended to be used over uh, listed lines and X X twenty five links. So uh, everything is uh, static and long lived, and you establish a socket connection. You uh, exchange keys over the wire and then you send uh, regularly send um, echo messages and logon messages and things like that so you need to mu multiplex that link over uh, your thousand terminals that you that you might have oh. they're almost like a udp but reliable right it's on top it, it works on top of uh, tcp but yes it, it it's like like um, like QDP, and you need to multiplex that, and you need to reconnect if if the link goes down, and you you even have in, in the past we even had uh, issues with the TCP/IP MTU because uh, you need to make sure that uh, uh, a single uh, ISO eighty five eighty three packet goes in a single TCP/IP packet for legacy mm -hmm. um, uh, requirements in some, some, some very old satellite links and things like that. So we deal with all that low-level stuff, as well as the high-level stuff to build a, the whole application. So uh, for me, it sounds like almost like a payment cloud, what you build. Well, uh, yes, we, uh, in, in, in our last uh, system, we're calling it uh, the payment platform. And, and, and uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're joining together our issuer uh, system, with, which is called JCard. And the acquirer system, it's called JPTS, JPOS Transaction Switch. And we, we are starting to call it the uh, TPP, uh, the payment platform. So, so yes, that's what we try to build. Do you know uh, Mr. Bela Ban? Oh, sure. I exchange uh, emails with Bela uh, all, all the time from, from, from J Groups. Uh, I follow with him. Uh, we use J Groups uh, for uh, some of our uh, early clustering stuff. And, and, and it's, uh, I, I'm really impressed with the, with the project he started more or less at the same time I started J Paws. Yeah. Uh I also had a chat with him. This was the episode 72 oh, uh, with, uh, about J groups. And uh, um, he, he's really nice, 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 nice guys. It was an excellent um, discussion. And um, what he also uh, likes, no dependencies and KISS. So we had an interesting discussion about, you know, design principles, uh, how, how he designed uh, J groups. Um, so it was uh, really interesting. So, and by the way, after our last discussion, what um what I wanted to tell you this um what uh what uh you remember me is you know it was Daniel Knuth right? Oh, uh, from he which? created Tech. Oh sure 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 Lat yeah yeah yeah. He I also know spent you know the entire time uh, per, um, uh, writing code for the Tech and wanted to make it perfect. And you also told me you no know, you you spent the entire time rewriting uh, JPOS to make it better and better. And I was fascinated by that because, uh, you know, if you have your own 
system and you can just um, make it um, it is a completely different world right because usually in projects there is a more marketing politics and whatever and if you can spend time you know on a system and make it better and better over time it is a i would say a unique opportunity and, and and a great feeling i would i would say right because you remember even code from back then it's like oh i remember if i wrote it you know 20 years ago whatever it was nice time so it was like a piece of almost like a rolling stones you know so like a band moves from back then to now and they still have fun playing and you still have fun programming right uh, absolutely the only thing is i i i don't want to set a final uh, version number after my death like uh like uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Nuth uh, did for for Ladek, uh, for for Tex, mm-hmm. because I, I think it's going to be t- uh, three uh, dot uh, fourteen, right? I don't even know, but uh, I know his um, just his philosophy was similar, right? So yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, that, that that's uh, that's great. Re- regarding the dependencies, uh, it's very tough to add a new dependency to uh, to an open source project because you have to to maintain it. Uh, uh, 10 years 15 years uh later and yeah. you you had, it's it's a very uh strong bet uh mm-hmm. to to add a new dependency um and you need to follow the mailing list for example i used uh, uh j groups as a dependency in jpos ee in some modules it's not required for for jpos and i participated in 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 the J groups mailing list. I exchanged uh, conversations with Bellaban. Uh, you need to be that involved in order to use a dependency. I see sometimes that people uh, tend to 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 use uh, stuff just because it's uh, it's there uh, without uh, for actually following the the. The, the community of each of your uh, dependencies. You, I, I use uh, JDOM, for example. JDOM is... A, is oh, okay, a, I remember. It was very JDOM? popular, right? So, it was yeah. very popular. And it is still uh, is, um, uh, is, um, working and, and it has updates. Uh, it, it has a slowdown. Uh, but I'm in touch with... Uh, with uh, uh, at least I... I, I, I I'm participating in the mailing list. I, you need to be very involved in, a, in each dependency. So when you have a project with 100 dependencies, you'd need at least to have one individual uh, following everything related to that uh, dependency, CVEs and things like that. I'm absolutely uh, with you on that. So I spend the time less in products and more in projects. And uh, what I see, you know, just the external consultants just pick their dependencies because it's fun. And uh, even, you know, uh, they pick a programming language on top of JVM, which from my perspective, if you if you think in terms of 10, 15 years, I, don't, I can't remember a, a programming language which actually survived, right? Because if you think uh, in 15 years, so Java survived, but be, I think everything became, I mean, the most successful one, even Ruby, right, is uh, less successful right now. Uh, Groovy, I would say a little bit less successful right now. Scala as well, less successful. Now is Kotlin on the horizon, but who knows what happens in 10 years. And the problem is um, Java becomes better and better over time. So, you know, it is harder and harder for the JVM languages to provide added value if you have Java 17, 18 or 19. So this is this is the, the, the next problem. And for me, the dependencies, they come with a price, price tag. And as you said, what what I demand from in projects is that at least you know, in every uh, sprint or whatever cycle you have, you have to update all the dependencies. This is the price. So um, and if it breaks, you have to fix it or remove it. And because it's painful, I try to avoid the dependencies. So this is why um, uh, I like MicroProfile on Java E because the dependencies are not my problem. They are maintained by the runtime. And we have a deal usually with the runtime provider. Say, look, you you know, you patch the dependencies. I have focused on business logic. This is what worked actually pretty well, especially if the dependencies are boring, you know, because in one point of time, they are just mature. So, I mean, uh, you know, dependency injections, dependency injections, I don't expect any, any problems. And also, you know, I just p- prefer to use built-in Java SE stuff like Java UT Logger or Java System Logger. Uh, and even you know minor things like properties over external parsers or whatever, and and um, 
and not only I don't have to uh, to 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 um, maintain the external dependencies. What I also like is I don't have to learn them, right? Because if you learn Java once, so you you, you get you know better and better remembering things, and you don't have to learn you know hundred external frameworks which change any at, at at any time. I fully agree. I I see a, a trend to use. Uh, to, to use uh, dependencies for no reason. For example, I, I the other day I, I had to uh, reject a pull request that added uh, string utils uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to a project exactly. because the developer... No, blank had to, is empty, yeah. Exactly. And they had to use a substring. But but hey, you have you get substring in, 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 in a string in Java. Yeah. And, and you, you get things like that. Uh, conversions, base 24, uh, 64 conversions, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Classic, Jakarta yeah. commas lang, Jakarta commas collections. Classic, you know, just uh, empty or not, and uh, yeah, uh, Jakarta commas configuration. This is less uh, common right now, but it was used instead of dependency injection. What the server already did. It's like, why are you doing this? And um, and um, yeah, th this is this is interesting. The, the mindset, but um, because I think it becomes boring. You know, if you just play, just just use Java. It's okay. Uh, I mean, boring. I would like to have something fresh. But what I tend to do is you know, to have a side project, which is exciting. So you can put whatever you like, but you know, the mission critical projects, I try to make them boring and write simple code. That's, that's, uh, I, I fully agree. I, I, I'm not uh, a lot sold into uh, dependency injection. I, I use it, but I don't really uh, fully uh, like it. Uh, in some situations, because sometimes, unless you are talking about a really uh, well-established uh, standards, you basically created some kind of DSL with the way you use the injections. So when you when you read a Java class, you need to go and read what uh, uh, the injection does in in this or that particular uh, case. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I think. Uh, that uh, for some reason uh, in, in Java one, uh, if you remember C plus plus, you you could have a, a, a C dot uh, C file with uh, mm -hmm. several classes defined in the same in the same file. So when I first came into Java, Java one dot zero and one dot zero two, I found. Uh, uh, the constraint of not having uh, uh, multiple classes in the same file, uh, something, uh, uh, some kind of limitation, and same as yeah. uh, multiple inheritance. But uh, in the long run, it, it's really great because if you are looking for a class that says it's called ISO message, you go to the ISO message.java and you find that file. In C, that file could be, uh, you need to, to, to grab or ACK uh, the whole file system in order to figure out where that file is, and with with uh, um, annotations, sometimes you end up uh, you you know the file, but then you have this uh, custom annotation, and you need to go figure out what the annotation does. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it it depends. I I give you an example. So uh, in uh, in my current projects, if we have something like Quarkus or Payara or or Helidon, I mean, uh, microprofile runtimes, they are already there. So it means the dependency injection is available. Add inject and you are done. What I'm not using or we are not using at all. So in my current project, I don't think we have a single interface. So we are just injecting classes and we say okay. The public interface, uh, the public methods are the interface, and 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 package private is package private is like private, and then with inject injection, it is less code, so you can just you can you can easier unit test that, and uh, with Quarkus, the, the, there is no downside because there's no reflection. It, the bytecode is pre-generated, so it's crazy fast. Um, so in the same project, so we use some AWS lambdas which are asynchronous. And uh, they are uh, consuming JSON events. So what it means is I could use Quarkus, but I don't have to because there is no inherit edit value. So if, if I would use, um, if I would use, uh, let's say, um, Lambda, which uh, like a server, so which responds to HTTP events, then Quarkus or, or Micronaut are great because they would convert the JSON HTTP event to JAXRS, to, 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 a, to a HTTP endpoint, and this is the added value, and then I get 
on top of that, dependency injection for free. But if I use an asynchronous Lambda, which let's say reacts to S3 changes or listens to Kafka events or something like this, so there is no HTTP, there is nothing to do with Quarkus, so I could use Quarkus, but I don't have to. And in this particular case, I don't use dependency injection because I'm consuming the event. Then, you know, usually if you have a SDK from AWS or from Asia, this is like a builder pattern. So uh, just, uh, and uh, if you don't need SDK and you would like to use your own class, I just do the new. And the new happens in constructor or in static initializer, and I'm basically done. So I'm with you, but uh, in most of my projects, we need kind of server because we don't build server by ourselves like you did. So we, we just, you know, rely on nowadays mostly Quarkus. And uh, this runs in container or an AWS, um, so I mean Docker container or AWS lambdas. And then we get dependency injection for free. And with the dependency injection, we just use straight add inject. So no interfaces, no qualifiers, just, you know, add inject, you click on the on the field and you are in the class. So it's very simple. And, and, and developers just like it, it's very productive. So, but what I consider as a defect, you know, to write, you know, an interface for every class, namely class impl, and hope that in one day we get a second class. This is just a you know, waste of time because and we have a powerful refactoring so we can replace the class at any time with interface or whatever. I fully fully agree with uh, with you on that. From time to time, you, you wish you had implemented an, uh, an interface, uh, but you can, of course, uh, refactor that. Yeah. Something that, that uh, re regarding uh, annotations, something that uh, sometimes... Uh, I find as a as, as a limitation is uh, all, all, also happens with with login and the way people uh, tend to use uh, login at uh, at the class level. So uh, when you, for example, when you when you see uh, regular code, you see that people um, look for a logger uh, and uses uh, the class name for for in order to log stuff related to that class. What happens in our systems is that uh, the same class, this, imagine a server, we have 1,000 different servers, and you need to, we need to log differently uh, because the, we, we reuse the same server for Visa, for MasterCard, for different uh, cards or different links. So uh, we introduce the, the um, notion of realms. So we have different realms, uh, and we log... Uh, our audit logging is related to a, a given realm, and that realm could be a test environment or a, or a production environment, and may like have stage, right? Exactly, exactly. So I'm not very. Uh, uh, um, I don't like too much the line loggers, you know, that logs every 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 line. I'm more into a logging uh, a context of a transaction. Uh, in, in, in a single event, and that event uh, is associated with a given realm, and that realm is uh, the one that gets uh, uh, actually logged. But you could actually use dependency injection for it, because what we do uh, with logger, we've wrote our own logger. I mean, not log, not own logger, this is wrong. We've wrote a three lines wrapper, which uh, wraps the system lang logger from, from JDK. And uh, if you inject it with CDI, you get the injection point, and with the injection point, you get the metadata about the in where the where the logger gets injected. So you find you know you you will get the name of the class, the package, everything. So you can dynamically configure the logger. So what the developers only have to do, they say add inject log, and we can configure on the fly the logger that gets injected. And with Quarkus, there's no performance penalty i mean it is just bytecode there's no reflection this one there is performance penalty but this is just pre but, but you're talking about uh the same uh the same class uh and i'm talking about instances of that class so different instances of that class yeah use we can do we have we can have okay. request scoped logger so we could actually replace at every request the logger Perfect. And depending on the environment, it could be configured completely differently. Uh, we'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. So uh, you can inject a logger. And if it's request scoped, you get every every request another instance. And if it's application scoped, there is one instance for everything, right? So you can decide, you know, um, 
how often, how many instances of logger you get at the same time. So, um, but more interesting than dependency injection. Uh, sure. What interests me, and maybe for our uh, listeners also interesting, because you, you are the expert. So let's say I'm an ATM and I would like to debit $10. And uh, Or which currency do you have in Uruguay? Uh, it's called Uruguayan Pesos. Pesos, Uruguayan but, but, Pesos. But so we have I would ca- like to... customers in over 100 countries. So we'll... Yeah, but let's, uh, Uruguayan Pesos is perfect. So 10 Uruguayan Pesos I would like to debit from ATM. Is there an ATM in Uruguay which, uh, with your system? Uh, yeah, well, actually, on the server side, yes. Uh, the the server side of these transactions, when you swipe the the when you enter the card mm-hmm. and goes through the switches and 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 goes to uh, Visa, uh, it uh, it ends up uh, going through actually more than one uh, of our JPOS systems. Because several banks uh, use it, and the local acquirers also use it, and Visa mm-hmm. also uses. Uh, uh, is there a so, system where everything is from you? So from the client to the backend? From the client, uh, well, yes, in some uh, in some uh, um, branches that uh, um, that use uh, cash registrars that connect to a JPOS, that connect to an acquirer, and then connect to another acquirer, and that the other acquirer is also uh, JPOS. We have okay. several of those. Let's take this. So, and I would like to know if I debit ten Uruguayan pesos. What happens exactly? Well, the uh, the the POS or the ATM will send a message. Uh, and but I swipe the card first, right? You you need to uh, enter the card or swipe the card or read the, yeah. the, the chip in the in the and, card. But and but are you happens? already involved in in this process? You get the ID for the pin from the card, I guess, right? Yes, we we handle the the the, the pin encryption and pin. Tra- it happens many many things happens because there's encryption at the card level uh, in the mm-hmm. in the card uh, chip, but then there's also encryption on the uh, pin pad. The the pin pad sends an encrypted message to the acquirer, and uh, the acquirer needs to translate that key into the key uh, the the zone master key used with the card issuer. So there's a lot of encry- encryption involved in the uh, on the pin side and also on the EMV uh, side. Mm-hmm. But what, so, what happens? Uh, we are talking about credit cards, right? Credit uh, cards, right? Credit, debit, uh, store okay. value cards, and 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 also okay. uh, um, NFC and 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 chip cards and okay. all, all that. So I swipe the card, or I'm in the near of the ATM machine, and then the card sends hello to the machine. Uh, it, it sends a, a single message. Imagine a, a POS; it's easier because the 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 ATM is actually a, a dump terminal. So there's a driver okay. for that ATM that that sends you to the screen one, and the, it's basically a remote state machine. Depending on the screen that you are, you press the letter A, the bottom for letter A, and it sends a message to the server that says, "Hey, uh, the user pressed A. What what's the next screen?" And it's uh, the, the the server sends a message with the next screen. It's very uh, dumb, uh, very old eighties uh, uh, from the eighties uh, protocol. With with the POS, uh, what what happens is that you swipe the the card or you enter the card, and the POS sends a message that in uh, ISO eighty five eighty three is a two hundred message, and that message uh, has the information for the. Um, Amount of the transaction, the, PO, the the terminal ID, merchant ID, the the card. If you swipe the card, it sends a field with uh, uh, with the track two data and track one data. The track one has your name. Uh, the track two has your card number. Same information goes in in a in a chip, and it sends it sends the message to an acquirer. The mm-hmm. acquirer they can use or not uh, JPOS receives that message, does some validations relate, related to the terminal because that's the, uh, the query is the one that has the relation, commercial relationship with the, with the POS, uh, with, the, with the merchant. They give you the, the POS. That, uh, they, they do some validations, uh, some, some velocity checks and risk management and things like that, and then sends the transaction, the same message, it, it sends it to the card issuer. With an authorization, sometimes it sends a 200 message if it is a debit. If you you are at an ATM or you are taking that money, or uh, otherwise it sends a 
100 messages, message that is an authorization request. That's when your uh, bank uh, puts a hold in your account uh, for, say, $100. Then at the end of the day, some stuff happens again because the, the terminals uh, does a settlement against the acquirer and the acquirer, acquirer does settlement against the issuer in order to uh, do a crediting. So there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's actually magic. When you swipe a card and you, you, you see an approval, it's magic uh, because there's <laughs> a lot of things that, that can go wrong. Many, many networks. I always keep cash just in case. Yeah, approval is magic and rejection is uh, annoying, right? This is <laughs> what it's annoying and it can it can happen. It can happen because yeah. it it jumps for it's very very brittle system systems uh, all, all all the way. What are the latency requirements? I think it has to happen fast, otherwise you get timeouts, right? Yes, usually the 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 latency is uh, it's about five seconds. Uh, okay. The, the requirement, the, your, but but you usually get uh, approvals in two hundred milliseconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In JPOS, we have uh, quite quite less. We we can handle uh, about four thousand TPS on a single node, uh, sustained load. So uh, and that's a lot. One thousand TPS is uh, is a lot. Most countries. On which JDK uh, you tested this on? Which Java? Java. Uh, Java eight. Or? That's in Java Java eight. But uh, okay. now. We are working. Uh, actually, that's what what keeps keeps the project exciting. Uh, I'm moving the transaction manager. The transaction manager in JPOS is the the thing that uh, uh, handles the the load for different uh, uh, systems. Uh, we need to make sure that, for example, if one link goes down, we can uh, keep threads. Uh, in the past, we we need to we needed to use uh, thread pools and, and 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 things like that mm-hmm. in order to to make a predictable uh, handling of of transactions. Right now, we are starting to work uh, with Project Loom and and, yeah. and and see how how uh, how things uh, actually change because. What happens when when we receive a transaction? We have different participants or, or little pieces of the transaction to validate the message, validate the terminal, merchant, etc. But at some point, we need to make a remote request. When we make a remote request, we can't lock that thread because if we want to handle four thousand TPS, we we want to uh, release that thread so that mm-hmm. uh, it it. Park right stops it, it parks exactly. So we need we need to, to to make all that in using using uh, what we call continuations. We pause a trans- pause a transaction and then the transaction uh, goes back to the queue once we get the response back. With Project Loom, we may not need that, and that's very that's very exciting. The code will be uh, much uh, easier to implement without the, the continuations. How big is the transaction service or how many lines of code do you have, roughly? In the transaction manager yeah, or, or the whole JPOS? The whole JPOS and transaction manager, just interesting. Okay, roughly. Let, me, let me clock that. Uh, uh, JPOS is about one, uh, 100K uh, lines of okay. code. Uh, with JPOS, EE has another hundred uh, k. Then JCard has about uh, seventy-five thousand uh, k. But let me confirm you the transaction manager. It's not very large. Transaction manager. It's uh, a thousand lines of code. Thousand. Thousand, yes. Okay, this is actually tiny, right? Yes, it's tiny, but yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's very interesting how you can uh, combine the the same uh, the same set of uh, transaction participants. It, a participant is a tiny um, module, a, a tiny class that uh, has a very simple. Um, 
API that implements a two-phase commit uh, uh, huh. protocol. Okay. So, but because something that happens very often is, imagine that you you need to prepay a uh, cell phone uh, card. So you need to top mm -hmm. up a cell phone, uh, and you need to authorize a transaction for that. So you you need to connect to two servers. One uh, to get the credit for the for the transaction to to get the authorization. Say you are going to put a uh, hundred pesos in in your phone in your cell phone mm -hmm. uh, bill uh, you get the authorization for the card and then you need to call the top up application that that, that mm -hmm. can fail and if the transaction fails uh, we use this two uh, phase commit protocol in order to abort uh, the the previous authorization but the two phase commit can have you know uh, heuristic errors right so i mean it is not 100% safe so it is a bit tricky to make it to do it right It's a bit tricky to do it right. Uh, the the uh, JVM can crash, and we we store checkpoints in 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 disk. Uh, we use uh, the Berkeley DB, the Oracle uh, uh, mm -hmm. Berkeley DB, in order to store mm -hmm. checkpoints, so that when you restart your system, you have chances uh, if the, if the system didn't completely die that uh, you can recover from from that uh, from that transaction very good because uh, in um, application servers what um, sometimes happened so they ran you know two phase commit but the server was not configured to write you know the persistent logs the transaction logs and if the server um, died and then restarted it forgot what happened and you know the transaction was still going so we get uh, deadlocks but because you know the database was already locked so the table and we couldn't just you know Start a new transaction. So it's interesting. I think I heard. It's crazy. I, I, yeah, I heard that uh, that uh, that recent podcast. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned that issue, uh, and and I, I I was hearing the your conversation and, and thinking about exactly that that we store that in 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 Berkeley DB. In the past, we used JDBM. I don't know if you remember the project mm -hmm. called JDBM. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we use Berkeley DB, and it, it works. Uh, Great. What's interesting is uh, Bela Ban is also working on it because he's working J Group's Raft, uh, and uh, he, uh, he experiments with Raft um, and um, and RocksDB, uh, and RocksDB is also similar to to, to BerkeleyDB. BerkeleyDB was actually open source and it was acquired by Oracle, right? Sure, sure. Uh, or acquired. I mean, it was used and repackaged because. But it, it, it's still open source and and. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it uh, it it works uh, it works fine. Um. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted uh, to uh, the the exceptions because uh, if you deal with two phase commit, there are interesting exceptions. For instance, uh, my favorite is um, heuristic hazard. This is uh, XA heuristic hazard. The transaction branch may may have been heuristically completed. Or you get heuristic mix. The transaction branch have been heuristically committed and rolled back. So I think the worst what can happen is if one of the participants, they don't answer. And, uh, and you're assuming, you know, okay, they committed or they rolled back, but you don't know. So I would say in distributed systems, the uh, when nothing nothing happens, this is, the I think, the, the worst case, right? Because if external system doesn't, uh, doesn't answer... You, you cannot know whether it is still operating or is completely dead, right? Well, in, in that case, the, the ISO 8583 protocol is quite uh, uh, solid. Mm -hmm. Solid. Because if you don't get a... Uh, when, when you send a, an authorization request, if mm -hmm. you don't get a response or you don't get a response in time, you send a reversal always. So... It's the oh, okay. POS device that will reverse the, the transaction. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that, that's better because you get like opinionated to face commit, right? So it is not completely open. You know what uh, the, the, the error error cases are better defined than in the uh, two face commit case. Yes, and uh, actually the, the transaction uh, participants needs to re uh, uh, return if they are either prepared or or if they need to abort the transaction. And they also have a timeout. But the timeout is tricky. You know, in Java, you can't interrupt a, a thread. So yeah. uh, it is assumed that you will 
return, your participant needs to return. And if it doesn't return, it, it creates, uh, it, it's detected very early in the development uh, cycle mm -hmm. because it, it fails and it drastically fails because mm -hmm. that session of the transaction manager will be locked forever. And, mm -hmm. and it uh, always um, fires all kind of flags and, 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 and mm -hmm. bells. So mm -hmm. we don't have that kind of, of, of problem. They, they, the transaction participants need to be implemented in a, in a, in a way that returns in time within the, their SLAs. And they run in the same JVM, so it's... Mm -hmm. You already mentioned uh, continuations. So um, I assume you also played with uh, reactive programming, right, a bit? Correct. Or at least, or, or at least you, you look at the, and the principles. So are you using any uh, reactive programming framework inside a transaction manager or system or No actually we implemented our 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 own and uh, in the in the servers we don't have a we don't have a, a requirement for a large number of uh, of sessions uh, of socket sessions mm -hmm. because um, these kind of links usually, uh, usually set a single uh, socket connection and send many messages Uh, through that uh, same socket. So you, you send mm -hmm. the transactions and the responses may come back in a different order because if you send, for example, a Visa transaction and a MasterCard transaction, the, the authorizations may come uh, in reverse order over that same socket. But this is a single socket. So you don't have, we don't need to, to use reactive uh, programming in that. I used uh, Java Neo in the... Uh, in some uh, large merchants that have uh, 50,000 uh, uh, cash registers connecting uh, to the same system. In that, in that system, I had to, to implement a specific server for uh, using uh, the Java NE, uh, new input-output. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if, you mean... Right? I, NIO, exactly. NIO, NIO, NIO. okay. Um, Yeah, there were, we always had, you know, the, um, for instance, Grizzly was one of the first, I don't know whether you remember, HTTP servers from uh, Grizzly, so Java.net Grizzly project. The uh, Glassfish was based on Grizzly. And this was the first NIO server because what they could do, the long polling or, or, or Comet protocol, without blocking the threads. So the, whole, the entire deal was, you know, if the thread blocked, they parked the thread. And then, uh, and then they can save resources. So I actually used that 2010, I think, in some projects. And we could have, you know, a huge amount of waiting connections without any impact on memory or CPU or not a you know, measurable impact or, or significant impact, let's put it this way, on the CPU or, or, um, or on memory. So what's funny, because um, in some, you know, trivial enterprise projects where we have you no know, three microservices, no requirements regarding latency, Developers, um, it was interesting. In one project, they wanted to use reactive programming, and uh, and then they uh, it was became that complex. So actually, it was trivial, but but they made it complex by introducing a framework. So at the end, no one knew what's going on. So there was you no know, pro performance problems, and uh, what they did, they they you know called you know five endpoints, and in the end, they just waited. So you know the entire situation was just pointless. So yeah, what sure. uh, yeah, what. And 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 um, what I like your approach that you you know you, you try to identify the problem first and ask yourself you know will reactive programming help me or not? If it helps, maybe I use it. If not, I won't use it. And um, this is what I like because um, because it makes it maintainable. <laughs> After a few years, you will forget actually why you introduced reactive programming in the first place. And then, uh, and then uh, you, you say, okay, I, I don't see the point, but you will be afraid to remove it because you say, okay, maybe you know there was some secret, <laughs> secret idea or a secret, uh, uh, secret problem which I solved, you know, with, with the framework. What I sometimes use is, uh, no, um, uh, right now is completable future, for instance, is built in in Java, so this is helpful for spe specific things, and. Um, what I'm curious is uh, Project Loom and structured concurrency. This could, I think help you later if it's come out right sure absolutely uh actually i'm i'm already playing with uh with the mm -hmm. uh, project uh, loom in particular with the transaction manager because the transaction manager has a a, a number of uh of uh, sessions 
that you establish. And for example, you say you want to process, depending on the, on, on your CPU and the number of CPUs, you you say you want to uh, uh, have 32 sessions of the transaction manager. And then you, you can have a max sessions. For example, if you, for some reason, you have some kind of spike or something, you can go up to 128 and the, the system creates new threats for you. And once the load goes uh, down, uh, it, it goes back to 32 or 16 uh, sessions. Sounds for me like EJB back then, max pool and min pool. Exactly. We, we, we have that kind of, uh, of stuff. With Project Loom, we don't, we don't need to reuse any kind of thread. We, we, we can create a new, uh, a new thread, uh, a new virtual thread for every, every new transaction. You still have to uh, take care of your uh, concurrency with your database because sometimes uh, you, mm-hmm. as part of your business logic, you, you need a JDBC connection and perhaps you need to uh, spawn that uh, JDBC connection over uh, several participants and that may take some time and, and perhaps you, you can have more than 100 simultaneous uh, your, your your thread, uh, your JDBC pool may be a hundred uh, sessions or five hundred sessions, but you need to to control that. Uh, so you you can't create new virtual threads just because they are cheap and, and you can handle a huge uh, load. You need to to control that, and the transaction manager is good for for that. This is actually a very good point because uh, in my application servers or microprofile runtime projects, what we usually did. We said, okay, we have, let's say, 100 whatever, let's say EJBs, or it can be whatever you like. So if we, if you allow to have you know, 100 EJB instances, you knew exactly there will be never more than 100 parallel threads. So, and this is like, you know, execution channels. So what it meant is that if you access the database, we said, okay, at most there will be 100 parallel connections to database. So uh, we said, okay, it could be less, but you know, if you if you if you configure the uh, connection pools to database with one hundred connections, you get the max throughput. With Loom, you can have millions of threads, and uh, now it's now the challenge: what do we do with the connection pool to database, right? Uh, with a traditional database, because uh, multiple threads could access the same connection, which means uh, it you have to be really careful that you know all the virtual threads are coming from one real request. Because if the virtual threads come from different requests, the database becomes inconsistent, actually. Sure, sure. We have the same, the same problem that uh, we have with databases. We have it uh, with, uh, HSM, with HSMs, with hardware security modules that, that usually uh, license, the HSMs are usually licensed on a per uh, load basis. So you mm-hmm. have an HSM that has, uh, say, 10 TPS. It's much ch- cheaper than uh, one that has one supports 1,000 TPS. TPS. It's the same hardware, but uh, depending on the, on the license that you have, you can uh, inject more load uh, on on that HSM. So you, we need to pull all those, uh, and the transaction manager is good for for that as well. Because mm-hmm. you can have different transaction managers with different sessions and max sessions configuration and different timeouts uh, and, and and max timeouts for the whole transaction. And we had to implement all, all that kind of... Uh, I, I think it's, it, it's problems uh, probably different than, than most uh, uh, REST APIs and REST uh, servers kind of, of, of problems. This is the kind of yeah similar. Where I, saw- I mean, maybe your uh, Zockets connection are more long running, but if we get a lot of HTTP connections, and usually our apps, if you hit you know the database, we have also lo- longer running HTTP connections because if the connection runs for two seconds, I mean there's still a time two seconds, so you know we block our threads for two seconds, so we have similar problems. What's um in which environment your system, um, your JPOS is running? So mostly in on Docker containers or bare metal. So what is the usual or most popular environment? Well, uh, it depends on the on, on on when we because everybody is moving to the to the clouds and moving to mm-hmm. Docker and moving to Kubernetes and and moving to uh, cloud uh, to different clouds 
but in the past, um, these kind of systems run on their on on on, on our customers' data centers, uh, mm-hmm. mostly for PCI compliance. Because when you when the cloud was 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 something new, uh, PCI wouldn't allow you allow you to to run on the cloud until recently. Uh, mm-hmm. So. People are moving to the to the cloud. We have many customers, large customers with uh, six hundred uh, JPOS stacks running in, in the in the cloud, and some some uses uh, Kubernetes and some others uses uh, use uh, just Docker uh, containers. But the thing is that uh, imagine that you with a single node you can have a one thousand, two thousand, four thousand TPS. So you. And and four thousand TPS is a lot for these kind of transactions. The the ISO an ISO eighty five eighty three message is about one hundred and fifty or two hundred bytes. It's very small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't need a, a, a huge system uh, to 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 run JPOS. Mm-hmm. What's your take on Kubernetes? I mean, um, because um, if you're or, or, or maybe we do it later, but um, you mentioned PCI and security. What's happened to me uh, last two years, we had to use cloud because of security. Well, the interesting part was that because uh, the, we had an API in the cloud, it was easier you know, to encrypt, to rotate the certificates, to have you know uh, compliance than in, uh, on data center or, 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 or in, in headquarters. So it's... At least on paper, and paper is most important because compliance is a paper, right? So uh, clouds are actually more secure than than a data center, right? Sure, but uh, the thing is that until recently, the uh, HSMs for uh, PIN-related uh, uh, encryption were not available. So you 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 had to still use on-premises uh, and then hybrid cloud with some stuff running on premises mm-hmm. and some other in the in the in the cloud so what mm-hmm. happens with our old customer we have customers for 20 year or more years and they are moving to the cloud so this is the the the, the trend we are we are seeing and they're moving faster and faster and accelerating and there are offerings for for cloud hsms uh, actually we 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 work with uh, a couple companies offering uh, HSMs on the cloud and PCI compliance, but the problem is that the auditors uh, are are probably late to this trend. So the the QSAs are sometimes not uh, not happy with uh, it's it's more difficult to uh, to audit uh, to get a PCI certification for a full fully cloud uh, mm-hmm. based system. This is changing and changing super fast, and I, I I think that everybody will will run on the on the cloud. We okay. we uh, deliver uh, Docker containers, uh, and and it's uh, the DevOps team, the the operations team. This is not the, the the I I argue that the DevOps term. Uh, sometimes the the devs are the devs and the ops are the ops and, and, and not all the time the what would you call devops actually uh, develop and program and so the operations yeah, you, you are team, right this is it really depends on the project so devops just yeah it's call it devops is marketing term and uh, in uh, projects yeah absolutely for me it's the 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 administrators or the system operators uh mm-hmm. Take the containers, and we we usually provide a, a Docker Compose where they can run everything, and and then they can decide how to 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 deploy that. I have a suggestion because it's an interesting conversation. So I would like to invite you back again <laughs> to talk about JPOS Cloud, for instance, because it's an interesting topic. You know which options they are. It's also what um, uh, interests me. And uh, we can, you know, uh, just uh, because you use Docker Compose, we have a chat about. Fargate serverless and Kubernetes and the cloud and um, you, uh, and maybe also you have uh, more you know tests uh, pro- with with Loom which also interests me. What are you know the results of your investigations with Project Loom? So far, it, I'm I'm really uh, happy with the tests uh, that 
that I'm doing, and I will release uh, a new version uh, of JPOS. It's JPOS 3.0. Uh, well, when it I, happens, roughly? Uh, well, the, the branch already exists. It's JPOS next branch, and it will happen uh, probably this year. Uh, and, okay. you know, the, the nice thing about uh, open source, is it's it's ready when it's ready. So we, we don't have yeah, perfect. the... the That, that, but 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 you are working in 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 that. I'm also very interested in using the same uh, deconstructing the transaction participants that right now run in a single node and spread them over uh, eventually uh, uh, an environment where you could run, uh, for example, uh, using Istio. Uh, so because some of the problems that we solve. Uh, With the transaction manager, you know that kind of secret breaking and 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 um, A/B testing and things like that could be distributed using using uh, Istio or eventually uh, cloud native uh, solutions for different uh, vendors. I really have to tell you that I, I I've been following your your podcast and I fully agree with your mindset of using whatever the cloud provider. Uh, Uh, has uh, in terms of, of, of uh, offerings without using open source solutions. My open source uh, heart uh, drives me to use uh, things that are fully open source, like uh, Kafka or, or Istio or things like that. But I, I, have, I have to admit that you are right in, in your way of of seeing the cloud and, and using whatever the provider does. I, I just don't like when, when things are closed source, but uh, that's a reality and it's, it's a yeah, trade-off. Uh, I conclude with, um, with, with an example. For instance, uh, in uh, recent projects, we use Kafka. And if you provision Kafka in the cloud, there is a serverless option or not serverless option. And if you pick the not serverless option, you have in advance and you know, pick the hardware. And uh, and even Raspberry Pi, like broker, is somehow expensive. And the serverless option uh, is cheap at the beginning, but is getting you know to um, be um, more expensive over time. And it is not as well integrated because you know it is it is open open source, but it came after you know it came after the cloud was formed, right? So it is still from the cloud perspective, it's a third party, even open third party product. And what most of the cloud providers are doing, they're their own solution which they need, you know, internally. So um to give you an example, if you if you if you like to use Kafka. You will have to wait in the non-serverless uh, um, mode. Uh, I would say 10 minutes to 40 minutes, or usually half an hour, until you know the entire cluster is formed. And then you have just the, uh, the cluster. Then you have to, to use no different API to create the queues. But if you use, let's say, Kinesis on Amazon, you just create "Give me a topic," and after a second, you have the topic. Costs you nothing. There is no 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 thinking about the clusters on uh, and whatever and then you send the message and you get charged per message so i would say um the entire philosophy in the cloud is different i would say and uh and uh you you only have you know to follow your vision so either you you say i ignore the cloud completely and i use the cloud as a docker container runtime or virtual machine and i use nothing from the cloud this is one viable strategy But it becomes expensive. Or you sure. can say, uh, no, I, I just use whatever the cloud provides, but then open source doesn't make any sense because you are completely dependent on the cloud. And whether you use open source or not, no one cares. But I would like to have the chat with you, you know, uh, a little bit later this year. So we can also have a chat about Project Room and uh, right. it would be interesting discussion. Right? Excellent. Excellent. It's always a pleasure talking with, uh, to you. Where people can hire or buy JPOS from you, this is the most interesting because JPOS.org, I think, right? This is the official website, JPOS.org. Yes, JPOS.org is the is the um, open source project. Transactility.com is the is the company. Okay. And uh, I'm I have my DMs open in in Twitter. Uh, the handle is APR. APR. Mm -hmm. APR. 
And when people should hire you? If they start with open source, what's your advice? I mean, right away, to, you know, to get started, this is usually what happens with me as a consultant. Say, okay, help us at the beginning, and then let's see, right? So this is the and and what's do you have any what, preferences or advice? What what we provide is is basically handholding for 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 a project. If somebody is going to use to use JPOS for a, for a project, it makes sense to 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 have our. We provide trainings. We provide a reference implementation. You are going to okay. You can use JPOS to create a. a, a card issuing platform, but you can use our reference implementation of our card issuing platform and that drives you, uh, I don't know, a one-year project goes down to a couple of months because you're starting off a running system with all the little details already implemented. So that's a kind of... Okay. Uh, um, like a template, right? So you say, okay, there's like... Solution. Yes, we have reference implementation for acquirers uh, and 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 card issuers, and and we have very large card issuers uh, running JPOS with over one billion cards on file for a long time. So they are production ready and 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 very uh, successfully successful uh, fintech uh, companies and banks etc. using already. So it it makes no sense to uh, uh, reinvent the the wheel. Mm-hmm. That's what we are doing for twenty years. We are reinventing the wheel for twenty years, so no need to our customers for our customers to to do that. And what I also told to to my clients, so if they used to know uh, Whitefly back then or uh, Glassfish, it was some microsystems. I say, just buy the support because we don't have you know time to fiddle with the source code. So I mean, they build the stuff. So if this if you get direct support is okay, but if this company becomes you know too large, and you have to to talk with people who have no idea about you know the the actual software, this becomes you know a little bit ridiculous. But in your case, I assume you get you know support from people who actually know uh, about the software, right? You know from you or your colleagues, which are uh, which know the source code actually. Sure, sure. Uh, we have a community of over, over 2,000 uh, JPOS developers in the mailing list, and, and we have uh, our company has about 40 people. Right now, all of them are, uh, use JPOS, have used JPOS for 10 years, 15 years, or, or things like How that. How many so of they, them are committers, JPOS committers from your company? Uh, well, most, most are, are, are oh, okay. committers, yeah, and we have over, I don't know, 100 or something like that committers. And uh, and they would also help uh, someone with support questions, right? So if they contact you, your company, uh, they get response from committers more likely. Or uh, in, more, uh, yeah, yes, uh, and it, it it scales very fast into a, uh, into a committer or or even myself uh, if the problem can can be solved. But but you don't have to hire our services. Uh, people don't, don't have to hire. Uh, there are, we answer on Stack Overflow. If you put something on, on JPOS in Stack Overflow, in two minutes you you get an, an answer. I, actually, I, I'm competing with uh, with one of our, our committers, and he always win uh, answering the, the the question faster than I. Why I'm asking who answers the question? So I have to tell you the last story is just funny. It was a task force. We spent weeks you know um to 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 hunt down a bug which was actually a transactional bug in host and application server so there was a mainframe and application server and and because of uh, actually uh back in the operating system we had some trouble on application servers and and we found the bug we um and we wanted you know to to uh to patch it but we couldn't because uh it was not open source application server and we knew the bug, we decompiled the code, but we are not allowed to patch the, the, the code. So we had to wait until the consultant arrives. And uh, the consultant from the company, he was very, very busy and we waited for him. Everyone was tired because we spent, you know, nights trying to, you know, to fix the problem. And then his question was, the first question is, okay, uh, I, I maybe I know, you know, what's the problem is. <laughs> and then he asked, it was like, you know, a, a, a task force room and he asked have you ever considered I don't know what they know he, he asked us there is a minus xmx parameter <laughs> it's like yes have you considered to increase it it's like are you serious now it's like I mean we, we are working you now for three weeks on, on source code it's like yeah I think you don't have too much uh, uh, mem- enough memory it's like yeah <laughs> we co- of course we, we, we consider this the entire time right and, and then he answered okay then he has no idea <laughs> 
<laughs> what the problem could be and then you know the project manager said okay we immediately you know cancel the uh the um support contract because it is it, it is impossible so this is why i ask you know whether you get you know a direct line to people who actually commit us or or really know the system right because this is the added value of of support otherwise you know if you, you get you know I, I always get the levels backwards. It's like, you know, first level, second level, third level. But what I really like, if there's escalation, I would like to talk to people who actually build the system or re- re- know the system because then you can really save time, right? Sure. Uh, we we have, uh, for example, a, a free uh, op- uh, JPOS Slack and there, ah, there are about okay. uh, 1,000 people there. Most of, of them are using JPOS. And I'm, I'm always, I'm all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping and checking my phone. Uh, oh. if, if there's, an, there's an, an, a question and, and we, I, I will answer. And, but there are, I'm usually late answering because there's people more fanatic than, than, than I and, and okay. answer before. So, so you are young, you know, you 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 just playing, you know, with all the phones and all the electronics, you know. Um, I'm I'm deactivating everything, so I I have to focus on work. But you are a young guy, you are surrounded <laughs> with messages, you know. <laughs> I, I I've been on, online since the the old BBS uh, uh, yeah, days. Yeah, you know, so we had to the, the okay, other, perfect. The Thank you a lot. It was a pleasure again, and uh, I'm already looking forward to the next discussion. Virtual, um, virtual threats, looms, and clouds. And Jeff, of course. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye.